online at kpfa.org. Stay tuned for more programming. The time is 3 p.m. KPFA Berkeley, KPFB Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno. Up next is Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. I've been gone for a couple of Tuesdays. I I know that we've been trying to raise money, at which I have no skills. I I didn't take that course. <laughs> I never learned how to be a saleswoman. I have a book with me today. This is Jennifer Stone, and it's March the 2nd, 2010, and I've got to raise some cash. Let's see. March the the 2nd. Um, It's International Women's Month. That's right. Okay. I've got a book called Infidel, written by a woman. Ah, I didn't have a chance to cover Black History Month, fortunately. This woman is from Somalia. I got him. I got all the angles covered here. Anyway, uh, this book took the top of my head off, scared me to death. I, I, uh, well, a friend found it for me, and uh, I, uh, I put it on the shelf with my other books uh, pertaining to women in the Muslim world. Oh yes, yes, indeed. Uh, I think at some point years ago. I became so confused and disheartened by this subject that I put it aside. Alice Walker has said that if it's too painful, maybe it's better, you know, just to let it go for a bit. I I remember back in 1982, I think it was, my first encounter with the subject of female genital mutilation. I remember getting a lot of feedback saying that European women... I had no business addressing this subject because it was uh, not our tradition. It was somebody else's, somebody else's uh, history. But uh, Alice Walker says that torture is torture. I think I go along with that. Um, I think that's bunk. Uh, anyway, today I have a book. Um, my copies are hardback. I only have paperbacks. I think I have ten paperbacks to give away. If you can subscribe to KPFA today, you will get a copy of Infidel. It's a story about a Somali woman, one of the, what is that, Uh, one of the revolutionary heroes of our age. Her last name is Ali, A-L-I, first name A-Y-A-A-N. 
H-I-R-S-I, middle name, H-I-R-S-I, Ayan Hersi Ali. The book is called Infidel, and you can get a paperback if you subscribe to KPFA in the amount of $80. An $80 subscription will get you a copy of this book. Now, this woman is one of Europe's most, they, they say here on the, on the jacket, it says she's controversial. <laughs> I guess, I guess that, that means she's an activist. Anyway, uh, oh God. This woman did, um, she made a movie with Theo van Gogh. Most of you have heard of Theo van Gogh. He was murdered in 2005 by a uh, jihadist uh, there was a fatwa uh let's see what did he do he wrote he he made a movie uh theo van gogh made a movie about women in uh uh well in a state of oppression he went to work one day on his old bicycle and uh his uh <laughs> His killer pulled out a gun and shot him several times. Um, he actually, yes, um, took a couple of butcher knives. He, he sawed into Theo van Gogh's throat. And Theo was heard to say, can't we talk about this? Anyway, with his other knife, the murderer stabbed a five-page letter into Theo's chest. The letter was addressed to the woman who wrote this book, Infidel. Uh, she and Theo were getting ready to make another movie, a part two of the film. Uh, the film was called Submission Part One, and she said, I intended one day to make part two, and Theo had warned me that he would work on part two only if I accepted some humor in it. <laughs> what a heartbreak. Anyway, um... She said part one was about defiance, about Muslim women who shift from total submission to God. That is, uh, they want to have a dialogue with the deity. They pray, but instead of casting down their eyes, these Muslim women look up at Allah. The words of the Koran are tattooed on their skin, and they tell Allah honestly that if submission to him brings them so much misery and he remains silent, they may stop submitting. Okay, in the movie there's also a woman, that says a woman flogged for committing adultery, another given in marriage to a man she loathes, another beaten by her husband on a regular basis, another shunned by her father, when he learns that his brother, that is the woman's uncle, has raped her. Each abuse is justified by the perpetrators in the name of God, Citing the Koran verses now written on the bodies of the women. These women stand for hundreds of thousands of Muslim women around the world. Okay. She writes in her introduction here. Theo and I knew it was a dangerous film to make. But Theo was a valiant man, a warrior. However unlikely that might seem, he was also very Dutch. No nation in the world is more deeply attached to freedom of expression than the Dutch. I have a footnote here. My mother was Dutch. God knows. 
she she certainly believed in freedom of expression. Oh yes, the let's say the Dutch Constitution is 150 pages long. They're worse than the Irish. Uh, talk about uh, mouthing off. Anyway, there was a suggestion that Theo remove his name from the film's credits for security reasons. That made him angry. Uh, the author goes on to say, Theo told me once, if I can't put my name on my own film in Holland, then Holland isn't Holland anymore, and I am not me. Uh, which is why he was murdered by uh, this dude, Mohammed Bouhieri, B-O-U-Y-E-R-I, is the name of the murderer. Uh, hmm. People ask me, the author, if I have some kind of death wish to keep saying the things I do. The answer is no, I would like to keep living. However, some things must be said and there are times when silence becomes an accomplice to injustice. So this is the story of my life. It is a subjective record of my own personal memories, as close to accurate as I can make them. My relationship with the rest of my family has been so fractured that I cannot now refresh these recollections by asking them for help. Uh, it's a story of what I have experienced, what I've seen, and why I think the way I do. I've come to see that it is useful and maybe even important to tell this story. I want to make a few things clear, set a certain number of records straight, and also tell people about another kind of world, about what it's really like. I was born in Somalia. I grew up uh, in Somalia, Saudi Arabia, Ethiopia, Kenya. I came to Europe in 1992 when I was 22. I became a member of parliament in Holland. I made a movie with Theo and now I live with bodyguards, with armored cars. In April 2006, a Dutch court ordered that I leave my safe home. Uh, the judge concluded that my neighbors had a right to argue that they felt unsafe because of my presence in the building. I had already decided to move to the United States. Uh, anyway, this book is dedicated to my family and so forth, to my family and to the millions of Muslim women who have had to submit uh, it's an amazing, it's an amazing book. I, I have a page here at the back in which I have a, almost a, well, a, a bibliography almost of all the other books, uh, that, uh, I associate with this one, uh, beginning with Nawal El Sadawe's The Hidden Face of Eve, uh, Alice Walker's Warrior Marks, uh, Alice Walker wrote a novel, called Possessing the Secret of Joy, in which an African woman uh, undergoes the female genital mutilation that drives her mad. <coughs> uh, I think, you know, if, if you just 
Just go on the net and look up female genital mutilation and you will get pages and pages. Fran Hoskins is the, I think, the top of the list. She has the most material. Uh, it's about, what is it, 30 or 40 years now that we've had all these uh, materials, this information. Not that anybody has uh, integrated this this information. Uh, I I begin to think sometimes that uh, what is that? We we used to think that knowledge would set us free. That if we knew something, that automatically everything would change. Taint so, but uh, I still have a wonderful a picture picture of a young man. He was president of Burkini Faso. He was uh, one of the few male rulers who outlawed female genital mutilation and of course he was killed for doing something that uh, <laughs> that that feminist right how do you like that anyway um i i don't know what it is lately i'm a little tired of wringing my hands i think we have to accept that uh, what is it they say in haiti you know after the mountain is another mountain we just go on struggling. Uh, anyway, uh, this book by the social critic, uh, <laughs> Christopher Hitchens says she's a charismatic figure, arresting and hypnotizing in her beauty. She writes with quite astonishing humor and restraint. Yes, I, I do think she's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, she has an earlier book called The Caged Virgin. Now, her traditional childhood in Somalia and Saudi Arabia are astonishing, but what I noticed when I started reading this was how how it was, it was curiously, she, she kind of reminded me of myself for some reason or another. Uh, she's a ferociously feisty young woman. Uh, her sister is pretty much shattered by by the life and by the uh, terrible, terrible event of having her uh, genitals cut off. Uh, but this little girl, it seems to me, I, I don't know how it is that her spirit lived through all this and these soul-destroying things that happened to her. Uh, she seems to have transcended them. Uh, anyway, let me read you a few little paragraphs. Uh, basically, what interested me most was her heritage, her mother, her grandmother, these women. I think of, um, oh, even a little passage from the great Isaac Denison's book, Out of Africa. She talks about the Somali women, the grandmothers, how they looked back to a time when the grandmothers, the old mothers, ruled uh, before the prophet back in the ancient times, the pre-patriarchal times. Uh, how Isaac Denison knew all about this stuff, I don't know. But she she described several places of uh, the change in the young women before and after this excision, this terrible uh, cutting, this uh, cruel, uh, what I would call, uh, let's just call it castration of the young women, uh, Anyway, the author of this book, Infidel, that I'm offering you, if you call KPFA and get a subscription, folks. Yes. What's our phone number here? Our phone number here. <laughs> oh, I'll find it. Uh, 
Let's see. She writes, in a sense, my grandmother was living in the Iron Age. There was no system of writing among the nomads. Metal artifacts were rare and precious. The British and the Italians, the colonists who claimed to be ruling Somalia, uh, this meant nothing to my grandmother. To her, there were only clans. The great nomad clans, uh, lesser clans, uh, there's a long list of them here. The first time she saw a white person, my grandmother was in her 30s. She thought this person's skin had burned off. <laughs> Footnote here, I remember reading about uh, a woman in West Africa, her first sight of uh, white men on the ships, she thought that they were... Um, they'd been born prematurely, that they uh, hadn't had a chance to develop in the womb because they seemed to be ghosts, you know. Um, they hadn't developed uh, any color. Their skin was white. My, uh, my mother, writes the author, was born sometime in the early 1940s, um, along with her identical twin sister. My grandmother gave birth to them alone under a tree. They were her third and fourth children. She was about 18, leading her goats and sheep to pasture. She felt the pains lay down and bore forth. Then she cut the umbilical cords with her knife. A few hours later, she gathered together the goats and sheep and managed to bring the herd home safely before dark, carrying her newborn twins. Nobody was impressed by the exploit, she was only bringing home two more girls. <laughs> Once again, folks, yes, this book, Infidel, can be yours for an $80 subscription to KPFA. Thank you very, very much. Now, the phone number here is 1-800-HEY-KPFA. That's 1-800-HEY-H-E-Y-K-P-F-A. Or 1-800-439-5732. That's what you can do. Actually, yes, uh, I think that the school teachers may find this book very interesting. Uh, it is a story of a powerhouse woman, a member of the Dutch parliament, uh, Anyway, she was raised in Somalia. Uh, let's see. You can call in and get a copy of this anytime you want to subscribe to KPFA. Let me read you a little bit more. Um, yes, the grandmother giving birth to the author's mother under a tree. Yes, two little baby girls. She writes, to my grandmother, feelings were a foolish self-indulgence. Pride was important, though, pride in work, strength, and self-reliance. If you were weak, people would speak ill of you. If your thorn fences were not strong enough, your animals would be raided by lions, hyenas, and foxes. Your husband would marry another, your daughter's virginity would be stolen, your son seen as worthless. In her eyes, we were useless children. Bred in a cement block house with a hard roof, we had no skills of value. We walked on roadways. The road in front of our house wasn't paved, but still it was a marked passage in the dirt. We had water from a tap. 
We could never have found our way home after herding animals through the desert. We couldn't even milk a goat without getting kicked over. My grandmother reserved particular scorn for me. I was terrified of insects. So in her eyes, I was a truly stupid child. By the time her daughters were five or six, my grandmother had already taught them every major skill they would need to survive. I, on the other hand, lacked all of them. <laughs> my mother told us stories, too. She had learned to care for her family's animals. She herded them through the desert to places that were safe. Goats were easy prey, and she goes on to, yes, uh, oh, she goes on to describe what her grandmother taught her to do, uh, should she be threatened with rape. Um, I think I cannot read this on the air. Something to do with getting hold of the man's, um, testicles, uh, <laughs> causing him to pass out. Anyway. She describes these moves in great detail. She says the women of my grandmother's family taught this to their daughters. Just as they taught them to make thorn bush fences to protect the hut from hyenas. Okay. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, these, I guess tough is the word, tough women are quite astonishing. Uh, what is even more astonishing, uh, as far as I'm concerned is the grandmother's decision to excise, to cut the genitals off her little granddaughters. Her mother uh, didn't want to do this. The father had convinced the mother that this was barbaric and that they shouldn't do this. Uh, however, while mother and father were gone, uh, the grandmother brings in uh, an excise-er. <laughs> anyway, uh, this hideous procedure, I, I, I think several times on KPFA I, I have described um, this pharaonic circumcision. Most people still continue to misunderstand it. I, it took me years to figure out what they could possibly have meant. Uh, oh, it is not analogous to male circumcision, although male circumcision is certainly uh, also a traumatic. Uh, a traumatic and violent uh, uh, crime against little boys. Um, the author writes, in Somalia, like many countries across Africa and the Middle East, little girls are made pure by having their genitals cut out. There's no other way to describe this procedure. It typically occurs around the age of five, after the child's clitoris and labia are carved out, scraped off, or in more compassionate areas, merely cut or pricked. The whole area is often sewn up so that a thick band of tissue forms a chastity belt made of the girl's own scarred flesh. A small hole is carefully situated to permit a thin flow of urine, the only great... Well, uh, she goes on to describe how this hole can be torn open in order to uh, facilitate sex. Anyway, she says that genital mutilation uh, predates Islam and that not all Muslims do this and a few of the peoples who do it are not Islamic. But in Somalia, where virtually every girl is excised, the practice is always justified in the name of Islam. 
There are several places here she describes um, Western doctors encountering this uh, uh, these women scarred. Um, yes, a girl having a gynecological exam here. And uh, uh, the girl, yes, the girl says, I will do it. But I don't think the doctor will be able to see my uterus. She was closed up with a scar. I tried to explain this to the doctor, but he just retorted, do as I say. When she climbed onto the table, he looked between her legs, snapped back with shock and swore out loud. Then he angrily ripped his gloves off. No steel tool was getting inside that. This girl had no genitals at all. Just a completely smooth panel of scar tissue between her legs. This is the excision so extreme that the woman's whole genitals are scraped off. Uh, they mend into a hard band of dark skin. I had never seen one this extreme, uh, but I did know what it was. Um, the doctor, on the other hand, thought the girl had been burned. The whole medical team seemed shocked. It dawned on me that in Europe the excision of women was unheard of. Uh, in any case, uh, she goes on to describe the uh, the recovery. It took some weeks. Uh, recovery from these procedures. She and her sister. She said that her sister never did quite recover. That she. Uh, she became ill with a fever for weeks. She lost a lot of weight, had horrible nightmares. During the day, she began stomping off to be alone. My once cheerful, playful little sister changed. Sometimes she just stared vacantly at nothing for hours. Oh, let's see. She describes wetting the bed and all of that stuff. Anyway, um, the mother was furious when she came back from her trip. Uh... She says, you know your father didn't want it done anyway. What interested me here is that the grandmother fights back and she hollers and yells and she says, imagine your daughters ten years from now who would marry them with long hairs dangling halfway down their legs. She means uh, an elongated clitoris. Do you think they'll remain children forever? You're ungrateful and disrespectful. And if you don't want me in your house, I'm going to leave. And, of course, by the end of this uh, chapter, the family is begging the grandmother to stay. I, I do not think that this is a forgivable offense, but apparently their love for their grandmother overcomes the, the reaction to this, uh, what I would consider major crime. Uh, Several accounts that I have read in Dr. Sadawe's uh, descriptions, um, the older women say, if we do not cut it off, it will grow into a penis. Uh, terrifying, terrifying stuff. Uh, anyway, they beg the grandmother to stay, which she does, and the father eventually forgives forgives them, and the father goes to jail. The father's a political figure. And it seems to me that if anyone uh, imprints or saves this young woman from uh, what I would consider a terrible fate, it is her father, a uh, revolutionary. Now, he's got a few drawbacks, of course. <laughs> she says, uh, 
Well, uh, I wish I had time to read you all of the stuff about the mother and father. Uh, oh, let's see. How is it we say everything is always defined by its opposite? Uh, obviously, love and romance in the Muslim world are just as confusing and upsetting as they are in the Western world, folks. Uh, anyway, uh, if you want a copy of this book to find out what happened to this amazing woman, um, she is now, I guess, in the United States. Let's see, where is she? She's, where is she teaching? Uh, she was in uh, Holland. And she became a member of parliament. I first saw her on television one time and I was startled. Uh, these beautiful women, they're so gorgeous that I, I think we get confused. I thought, oh, she must be a film star or uh, an actress, a model or something. You know, it was like uh, uh, Arundhati Roy, you remember when she arrived. I thought, oh, she must be a film star. And these uh, turn out to be writers, politicians and activists uh once again the book is infidel and i haven't done my i haven't done my proper plugging and we have the news coming up so i haven't done my duty if anyone wants a copy of infidel you can get it for an 80 dollars subscription to kpfa this has been jennifer stone i'll be back on the air this same time next week not this thursday i think but next Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Once again, the book is Infidel, all about this uh, Somali woman who is one of our modern heroes. Uh, doubtless would have been burdened for a witch in an earlier day. Till next time, go easy, and if you can't go easy, go easy.